Dear Diary, today I took the first step, the first step in becoming an ADHD coach. I can't actually quite believe it. I want to learn, grow and build something extraordinary. I think this journey will be... Shh, the Indigo Diaries. Dear Diary, welcome world to the Indigo Diaries and welcome to our new series, The World Through a Trainee Coach's Eyes. And that trainee coach in training is me, Tasha Hicklin. The Indigo Dies is a podcast for those who want to learn about ADHD through others' experiences. And in this series, you're going to be learning through my experiences of doing my coach training. So I welcome all of you back. If this is your first time, then welcome. If it's your second time or third time, then welcome back. I'm really proud of myself as this is the exact week after I recorded my last one. And I'm really proud that I've actually kept to two consecutive weeks and I hope to carry on. This week's been a lot more positive, a lot more calmer. But I just want to start with a typical story that happens to me a lot. Last week, I, um, I told you that my microphone had uh, my microphone audio dock had broken. So I ordered a new one. The sound wasn't, I apologize last week, the sound wasn't as great. I was really excited because it was coming today. It came today, I plugged it in and actually realized that the microphone was the thing that was broken, not the dock. So <laughs> I, that is true, my nature. Um, so I ordered a new one and it's on its way. So I do apologize for the sound might not be as great today, but I'm gonna get straight into this because last week went really over because I ended up speaking for an intro for about 20 minutes. 20 minutes, not really. So this week is about ADHD and the statistics and about being ADHD being very unique. So this week was qu quite a big eye-opener for me. Kind of every week is an eye-opener for me because this is my life. This is a huge part of who I am, my identity. And for me, it really hit home. You know, when I was first diagnosed, I, I thought, wow, I'm the only one. Then I started Indigo and actually realized that there is many people out there. But seeing these statistics this week actually made me realize just how many. One in 10 people worldwide have ADHD. I mean, one in 10. So a new survey just came out and it says one in 56 people have autism. And one in 10 people worldwide have ADHD. So if you had 100 people, 10 people would have ADHD and one or two would have autism. And I'm not going to compare them, but there was a lot more. Anyone that knows, there was a lot more awareness out there for ASD than there is ADHD. And this just really highlighted to me how much. ADHD is probably one of the most prevalent common conditions throughout childhood and adulthood throughout the whole world but there's just not enough knowledge help and expertise to people to actually get diagnosed in different countries around the world there was a study with um, 10 countries and it ranged from two percent of that country's population to have adhd to 18 percent around the world I mean, that was just crazy to see the difference. Um, and I'm going to talk about more about that later. 
And there is an estimate at the minute that 7.2% of the world population have ADHD. That's 129 million people. And that's not just diagnosed, that's also undiagnosed. 85% of adults are undiagnosed. 15% of adults, they estimate at the minute, are diagnosed. 85% are undiagnosed. And because adults are still seen, it's still seen with ADHD in so many places that well, it's still seen as many things, but still seen that when you, you know, get to adulthood, it just goes, you know, you grow out of ADHD when, you know, the matter of fact is that's anything but true. Yeah, you can evolve into a different aspect of ADHD you know, your hyperactivity may become cognitive hyperactivity and things like that, but not go. And for me, that the 85% are still undiagnosed. However, there has been a big increase. So the first question they asked was, why do you think there's been a big increase in diagnosis recently? One, I think, is the knowledge. I think there's a lot more knowledge out there and correct knowledge. I think especially because... Since 2013, when the DSM-5 came out and it was prevalent that adults also had it, I think that's when a lot of things started to come out. But I also think that there is a lot more things like YouTube. There's a lot more uh, advocates for ADHD. There's a lot more support groups. And I think that, but I think really in the last year is people actually being in lockdown across the globe that's really started to come out. Like I've met so many people that have been diagnosed in the last year because they've had time to sit and think and look and they've never had that much time before. And also because a lot of their coping mechanisms might have not been working. So there's many different reasons why there is, there's been a huge increase in it. But still 85% of undiagnosed adults still not known. And I think that, that that's just really quite sad. They asked, why do you think statistics change for adults over the world? And, you know, that 2% to 18%, why is it 2% in some countries and 18 in others? I honestly believe that it's knowledge. I don't think that it's, that it comes from, that it comes from the actual people in that country that may have it or may not because it's very unlikely that loads of people in America would have it and then not many people in, I don't know, let's say where I am, Malaysia, would have it. It's acceptance, culture, experts, awareness is the number thing that I get. I feel that, you know, when it comes to America, they're... they're very developed i mean it's still very much behind with uh, the knowledge of adhd but it's probably the most developed country with knowledge and awareness for adhd and then you've got europe which is probably 10 years behind and then you move further into the east and that's not really my place to voice this yet i will get there one day but not yet and i think that it's really really important to really think about that where you are in the world matters and what support and places are out there matter because there could be people living for years and years with this with this condition 
struggling, the impacts, the causes, and them never knowing who they are. And 85% is just like, and then 7.2% of the world population have ADHD. It's like you just want to shake the world and say, wake up, wake up. ADHD is real. It's here and it's there. And I'm going to get on more to later about how people feel when after they've been diagnosed and the changes it makes in their lives. But I can't be more honest and just say that for me, when I read 7.2% of the world population have ADHD, I cried because there is still so much that we don't know, but also so much ignorance, so much other things. And I speak with a lot of passion because it because it's so important to me and to people that I know. And to be that that many people, but that little knowledge, one in ten, seven point two percent of the world. And out of the hundred out of the hundred percent of that seven point two percent of the world, only eighty-five percent diagnosed. Now that is scary, but I feel like we're moving in the right direction. And I just hope that we keep going in that way. This is real. It's not gonna go away. People really need to be helped. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. So, hmm, you can't argue with numbers, can you? And seeing all the numbers, I mean, there was many, many more was very overwhelmed but they were the ones that really shone out shone out to me so I wanted to share them so I've got written here break so I'm going to take a break for the first time last time I had to cut it you probably noticed so I'm going to take a break and when we come back we're going to be looking at the uniqueness of ADHD in every individual who has it and we're out If you would like any information on Indigo's support group, check out the website below for our link to our Facebook page or email at indigo.adhd2020 at gmail.com. If you would like to offer any comments or feedback or if you are interested in the world hearing your story, then please reach out either through the group or through our email. As said before, have a good week. Check in again later, Indigos. Shh, the Indigo Diaries. I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. I was just sat there in the break going, yes, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. I can't actually believe that I took the break. <laughs> this is going to make editing so much easier. So welcome back. And welcome back to my excitement because I had a break. So before we were talking about the statistics and now we're gonna make it a bit more lighthearted. That was quite hard impact stuff. So the uniqueness of ADHD, not one person in the world, let alone with ADHD is the same. And it's the same with ADHD. 
people think there's still many, you know, mis mis stigmas for the boy. Everybody knows the boy that sits in the class and the external behaviors. But even one person like that is not the same. Everybody has different presentations. I know we have the three presentations which we talked about a few weeks ago. But even with those different types, there is still so many differences. It's a bit like a potion. Everybody's ADHD is like a potion. And we have different ingredients, but also different measures. So I might be on focus. Someone else might be on focus. I might have really, really hard problems with my emotional regulation. Someone else might. But I might have more of that. They may have less. I may have more of the anger more of the 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 whirlwind they may have more of the anxiety more of the internalization so not only do we all have different presentations but we also have different degrees of presentations and i really think that that's really important that when you when you see that adhd that label or whatever you want to call it diagnosis that you don't just automatically think they're not going to pay attention they're not going to do this oh they can't do that because that is not the case there's different degrees different types of challenges positives and then the environment affects it life experiences affect it and culture also affect it it's not the cause of adhd we know that we talked about this last week the cause is genetic however the degree of things and how much and how it works in different ways are caused by external things so they said to us what are some of the inconsistencies of adhd you have either experienced yourself or you've seen in others so one of the things that i'll talk about with my experience was my organization so i am really organized i actually just did a, an executive functioning test my organization was like top and planning I am really 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 strong with organization and planning. It's probably one of my core strengths. However, when it comes to sleep, I'm the same. I can sleep. I I don't have a problem with sleep. I never have. But then you meet someone with AD, another individual with ADHD that can't organize, who finds it really difficult to plan or keep a plan or have a planner that has insomnia. But we both have ADHD. And that's the difference of it. And we may both have combined. We both may have hyperactivity presentation. We may both have inattentive. But it's so different. And the big one for me is organization and sleep. I Oh, and also that I got through school. Those three are huge for me. I always, you know, when I was diagnosed, but you're really organized. But you sleep. Wow, you got through school? Yes. What it says in the DSM-5, yes, it's the checklist. And you do have to meet five criteria of each, which we talked about last time. But there's so much more to it. And it's so much more in different degrees. So yes, people with ADHD have similar traits, just like anyone has similar traits. But you're never going to meet one person with ADHD that is exactly the same as the other person. You never, let's say, you know, I've met people that I feel I can really relate to because they have more similar traits than anybody else, but at different degrees and still different traits. 
And I think that's that's one of the biggest kind of misconceptions is the different inconsistencies of ADHD. So that means there's not one way to fix it. Fix it, I don't like that word. I, I read that and I really disagree with it. There's not one way to help. There's not one way to manage your life. It says that 62% of people with ADHD are on medication, but then that doesn't say which medications or how much, the dosage. Yeah, again, we have here. Every person with, every individual with ADHD has to be treated as an individual, not you have ADHD, go on this med. You have ADHD, go and do this therapy. You need to look at the core person and their experience and meet them where they are. And that's what coaching is all about, meeting someone where they are. And we'll get to that later on. So everyone is so uniquely different and everybody seeks help for a variety of reasons. You know, when I, when I started coaching for myself, my biggest thing was emotional regulation, flexibility, working memory, processing. Other people might be organization, planning, sleep. It's very, very different. They ask the question, when people are first diagnosed, what are the themes you've noticed that make people want to seek out help? And I've met a lot of people, not really met, but online. And I feel that a lot of people, when they first get diagnosed, go, oh, if only I was diagnosed 20 years ago. Or, why did no one pick this up? Oh, why have I wasted so long of my life? And I feel that a lot of adults with ADHD don't really sit with it. As soon as they get diagnosed, they want help straight away. And this might not be everybody's case, but I've, I've seen this multiple times. It happened with me. As soon as I got diagnosed, I wanted help. I wanted to do something. I wanted to, because why was the point of waiting? I've waited 28 years, 27 years when I was diagnosed. Why would I wait any longer? But then I've met other people that don't want to hear it. So the themes for me of they've people have waited so long, so they want to seek out help. They go through, everybody with ADHD goes through a process kind of dealing with it and then wanting change we'll go and talk about the change process later on in another episode because I know that's coming up and people want to change for many different reasons but the main thing is is wow I have this now I know what am I waiting for is the biggest thing theme that I've seen these people going to get help straight away because why would they wait and I know that that's what it was like for me. Then they ended the session talking about the strengths of ADHD. And we're going to get on to this later on. But I just really liked that they that people do this. Challenges, yes, is, is very important to look at. The DSM-5 is all about challenges. But what about the positives and strengths? People call it superpowers or things. Myself, I don't like that expression. I say strengths, and yet again, there's different intensities, different strengths. And it said, what is the difference of looking at your ADHD through a strength or through a challenge? And I think that you, in my own opinion, you need to look at both. 
Some people say you just need to look at strengths, but then how do you manage your challenges? If you look at your challenges, then you, you, you've got a very negative, biased opinion of yourself. So where's the line? For me, I feel like you should look at it both. Lead your life as the strengths, but understand your challenges and use your strengths for those challenges. Yes, look at your strengths. But if you look at the strengths and you don't consider your challenges, when those challenges appear, you won't know how to deal with them. So for me, look at your strengths, find your strengths and use them to help really, really help your challenges. And for me, strengths of ADHD, out of the box thinking, passionate, creative, driven, high spirited. I could go on and on. There is so many strengths, empathy, helpfulness, compassionate, understanding, witty, humorous. I could go on and on. And then they said, can you look at your challenge and see it as a strength? See the strength from that challenge. So I'm going to share some of mine to end kind of today's. My three biggest challenges is my emotions, my anger, my emotional regulation, how it just comes out of control. And the, and the strength that comes from that being so emotional is the passion and the drive to give everything 100%. That is the absolute strength of my emotions. I'm emotionally driven in everything I do. And for me, that shows a passionate thing. I'm expressive. I talk excessively because I'm so passionate. So that's my strength for emotions. Impulsivity, very impulsive. Buy things, say things, do things. Just like, I'm gonna steal someone, just like Ned Hallowell, impulsivity is creativity gone right. Creative. Creativity is my number one core value. It's my number one character strength. And that is creativity. I'm creative in everything I do. I go for things. I see things out of the box. I see these links. I try different things. And that's because I'm so creative. So my strength is creativity. The last one is hyperactivity. It's usually seen as a really negative thing. For me, the strength is I'm highly spirited and I'm very energetic. I'm a big child. I have the energy for days. People say to me, are you not tired? No. I have a high spirit. I'm positive in everything I do. I push. I throw my hands in the air because I just love life. And that, for me, is my strength of hyperactivity. And I really like doing that activity. I made a table and I wrote all my challenges and then and looked at the positives of those challenges. So if you have ADHD and you're sat at home, why don't give it a try? List your main challenges and then look at the strengths that come from having those challenges. Might, might not be the direct thing, but it could be. So next week, we'll be looking at executive functions and coexisting conditions. And these are two very complex 
but also probably one of the most personal topic for my, myself. Because executive functions is the number one thing I struggle with and coexisting conditions, well, I have a few. So I look forward to going on that journey and verbal processing with you. I just wanna say, before I get onto the encouragement, a big thank you. I know part one was quite heavy with numbers. Part two looks at more positive things, but I really think that sometimes it's important to see those numbers, to not concentrate on them, but to know that they're there, to know that one in 10 people are there, to know these things. Because sometimes you need that to make some people, to help some people really understand the prevalence and the struggle of everyday life living with ADHD. It's not something small. So my encouragement of this week is strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardship and decide not to surrender, that is pure strength. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I just thank you all for being my verbal processors this week. And I hope that next week you come back, you learn, you listen and experience the world through the, the eyes of a coach in training. Why not, hey? What have we got to lose? Have an amazing week. And we're out. Dear Diary, as the training process goes on, it makes me stop and wonder, could there be more for us? More light, more possibilities, and a place where we can truly be ourselves. I think this journey will be 